What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the American Deciding Factor. Immigration has once again entered the spotlight of national politics. But of course, if you're an Arizonian or a Texan, uh, it never really left the spotlight in the first place. Uh, but as new problems arise at the border, new solutions are being tried, and we will cover all of that in today's podcast. But first, if you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to be sure that you're following us on all of our social medias at Deciding Factor. That's D-S-I-D-I-N-G Factor. Uh, feel free to email us or DM us with any questions or comments that you might have. You can email us at decidingfactor@gmail.com, spelled the same way, D-S-I-D-I-N-G uh, Factor at gmail.com. And take a moment to hit the plus button and subscribe to this podcast so that you can stay up to date with us. And please be sure to share our podcast with your friends and family. That is the best way to help us out. And without any further delay, let's get into today's episode. So I'm going to do a little bit of a story type thing here. So if you're listening just to the podcast, uh, you're just going to have to imagine this. But if you're watching either on Rumble or on YouTube or wherever, uh, you can. we're going to put like a, a graphic or whatever on the screen for this. Uh, so imagine for a moment the crowd of this past year's packed Super Bowl 56. So we'll put the picture on the screen. Of SoFi, right <laughs> yes, of SoFi Stadium. This is the biggest stadium in the NFL right now. It is packed full of more than seventy thousand people, seated in five different tiers that stack up on top of one another and reach upwards of two hundred feet. Now imagine that in just two weeks, that many people found their way to your front door of your house and asked to be let in your personal living area. Now, that is a low-ball representation of how many people are coming across our border in just the first two months of this year alone, just January and February. They don't even have the numbers in for March quite yet. So we have seen 320,000 people cross our border illegally in just those two months. That is four and a half SoFi stadiums in just two months. That is absolutely ridiculous. This is from... The customsandborderpatrol.gov website itself, this is a crisis of epic proportions, and the Biden administration has perpetuated this throughout their time in office. Um, and do you know if that is um, like people that we've accounted for? Does that include gotaways? Which, if you don't know what a gotaway is, that's basically just people that cross our border that we know about, but they haven't been documented like as being undocumented, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. do you know if that's so, like a... The way that they, the way that Customs and Border Patrol.gov listed it on their website is it's called, uh, I believe it's like enforcement interactions or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's basically just how many people, yeah, encounters, enforcement encounters. So how many encounters law enforcement has had? Wow. Uh, the, so, yeah. So so that's probably not even including the ones that get away. So I mean, we're looking at a, like you said, lowball representation, yeah. but we're looking at a number. That is at least 320,000 people in, what, two, two, two months, you said? Yeah, we don't yeah. even have I March's mean, data yet. That's, that's ridiculous. Anyways. <laughs> so before we get into anything, people always on the left will say that uh, the Biden administration is not weak on the border, that it's not the Biden administration's fault. The border crisis is not their issue. 
Well, let's go through a little bit, and I could go through tons of these. I only picked out a couple of the first few executive orders that Biden signed. Uh, I could go through plenty of them, but it's too much time. We don't have enough time to do that. So on Biden's first day in office, he signed Executive Order 13993, which which, uh, revoked President Trump's Executive Order 13768. And so Trump's order, what it did was, and this is quoted straight from Trump's order, Trump's executive order ensured the faithful execution of immigration laws against all removable aliens. Basically, let's uphold the laws that are already on the books. Let's make use of all available systems and resources to ensure that the efficient and faithful execution of the immigration laws of the United States. Um, Let's ensure that jurisdictions that fail to comply with applicable federal law do not receive federal funds. So basically, if they're not upholding the law, we don't give them government money. Pretty straightforward. Uh, Ensure that aliens ordered removed from the United States are promptly removed. If if they're ordered to be removed, they have to go. Uh, And support victims and the families of victims of crimes committed by removable aliens. That is everything that Trump's order did. That is a very good executive order. That's a very well-rounded plan, and Biden got rid of it on his very first day in office. Yes, um, just to say this, like, make sure when you're talking about this to people, you frame it as that they're aliens, that they're illegal. It's not undocumented workers or undocumented immigrants or, oh, they are, they are you know, like, re- refugees. Like, that's not what they are. People that have the first act they did in the United States of America is commit a crime, and they are illegal aliens. They are illegal. They're not supposed to be here. They don't deserve to be here. And we need to frame it as such. Otherwise, we are starting the argument out by on the wrong foot. The wrong foot. Yeah. yeah. So then, February 2nd, Biden signs Executive Order 14010, which gets rid of another one of Trump's executive orders. And this executive order of Trump, uh, of, and during Trump's administration, it secured the southern border of the United States through the immediate construction of a physical wall on the southern border. So the border wall that we heard so much about. Uh, It called to detain individuals apprehended on suspicion of violating federal or state law, including federal immigration law, pending further proceedings regarding those violations. So basically detain someone who has crossed the border illegally until we can actually bring them to court and try them for that. Expedite those determinations of the apprehended individual's claims. Uh, so So basically tell the courts to speed up the process and get their cases through very quickly and timely. Um, which is a good thing. We don't want to hold up our judicial system uh, trying to take care of all this. Um, Trump's order uh, called to remove promptly those individuals who legal claims remain to remain in the United States have been lawfully rejected after any appropriate civil or criminal sanctions have been imposed. So basically, if they came here and they asked for uh, some reason to remain in the United States but the judicial system said no, they don't get that, then they have to be removed. Um, and then cooperate fully with state and local law enforcement in enacting federal-state partnerships to enforce federal immigration policies. Um, And then there's more details in the executive order about how this is specifically carried out through, like, detention facilities and officers and judges and all this sort of stuff, the specifics of this uh, executive order. But that was Trump's order, once again, a really good order uh, to make sure that our border was protected. And, again, Biden got rid of it. Uh, And then he, again, revoked the presidential memorandum in the same order, 14010, he revoked the presidential memorandum of April 6, 2018, which effectively ended catch and release. So basically, for those of you who don't know, 
um, what they used to do whenever they came across the border is they would catch them, apprehend them, and then kind of like document them, give them a court date, and then just let them go and let them run free in America. Into the interior of the United States, right? Not like, oh, you're undocumented, you're not supposed to be here, like we're going to send you back to where you came from until like your court date. Nope, it's just into yeah. the United States you, get you to go. go free. And then, uh, you know, surprise, surprise, most of those uh, people would never show up for their court date or whatever because they didn't they're, at, they're at where they want to be, right? Like why would they take the chance of getting deported or, you know, like getting their uh, asylum status or uh, what asylum application rejected when all they can do is just not show up because how are we going to find them, right? Exactly. If there's no proof of them existing here. Like it is – it's so twisted that, the, that a president of the United States, like regardless of what you think about – Joe Biden or how, you know, he was implemented or whatever. Um, it's so sad that one, the first thing, uh, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, he signed these, like, some of the first days oh, yeah. he became president. So, the, the, some of the yeah. first things he did was like, oh, um, I want to hurt Americans, like actual Americans, by making it easier for illegals that don't deserve to be here um, to not only enter the United States but stay here as well. Yeah, so I listed three executive orders. Uh, I'm about to hit the third one. Right. But – uh, the first one was his very first day in office, and then the next two were two weeks later, January 2nd, so or February 2nd, sorry. So, yeah, uh, whenever Trump got into office, he said, we're not going to do that anymore. Uh, we're going to detain them and actually put them – basically remain in Mexico policy where they would detain them, and then they had to go back to Mexico to wait for their court date. Yeah. But uh, Biden got rid of that uh, with this uh, ending of that memorandum, and he reinstituted catch and release where – we catch them, we document them, give them their uh, court date, and then just let them go into the United States of America. Right. So then, um, again, February 2nd, this last executive order I want to go through, uh, 14011, which is the very next executive order that Biden signed, and its stated claim was it aimed to reunite separated families. So this was a total uh, – I don't even – I'm forgetting the word. But this was not – this was like a dog whistle basically. They were, they were blowing – they were virtue signaling. That's what I'm looking for. Right. They a were problem, virtue signaling. A, a problem that's not really there. Yeah. They're like, oh, my gosh, look at this. So right? it revoked another one of Trump's orders. Uh, this executive order by Biden revoked Executive Order 13841, which was a Trump order. Um, and the Trump order said it is also the policy of this administration to maintain family unity including by detaining alien families together where appropriate and consistent with law and available resources. So the Trump executive order aimed at keeping families together, and it even mentioned that the secretary shall not detain an alien family together when there is a concern that detention of an alien child with the alien's parents uh, would pose a risk to the child's welfare. So the only way that these families would get separated is if there was a perceived risk that the child is at risk uh, from being with their parents. That is the only way that it separated families. It's it's very similar to if you're drunk driving and you have your child in the car and you get arrested, they're gonna take your they're gonna separate you and your kid. They can't take your kid to jail for you acting like an idiot. So uh, of course the Biden administration came through and virtue signaled and put in an executive order that um, made themselves look good but didn't actually do anything. And so I could go on, but you get the idea here. Biden revoked a lot of Trump's executive orders that actually maintained the rule of law uh, pertaining to the border. 
Um, and because of those, Biden has been very soft on immigration, and this border crisis is Biden's fault, 100%. Yes. I mean, um, crossings, in, while Trump Trump's last year in office, if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, it was like it wasn't even in the hundreds of thousands, like the whole year. It was like super, super, super yeah. low. Yeah, we're about um, to get into that. Right, and that that's just a showing of the difference between um, – you know, like the thinking of one side from the other, because these these illegals, they know like as soon as a Democrat takes that position of president in the White House, in the White House, like we could have a Republican Congress or, you know, in terms of like a Senate and a House. But if we have that D as a president, like they're just going to open the borders wide open. Right. And yes, it, hopefully we'll have Republicans in the House and the Senate, like in the majority come November. So we can have that check like we can investigate them and impeach Joe Biden and stuff like that, right? But however, it just shows kind of the power of the executive branch in the United States government specifically. Like, yes, the president is not a king, but he has a lot of power. Like, the president Definitely. has a lot of executive authority and privilege, right? So, yeah, very important to talk about that <laughs> at a later date, but it's very, it's very interesting. Yeah, that's – quickly, that's something I disagree on Joe Rogan with where he says that the president is an outdated and um, – basically unneeded position but it's there's a lot of of weight held there uh but getting into the actual numbers this is how i'll prove to you that this is the biden administration's fault so and this is again from customs and border patrol website the dot gov website the government the federal government's yes. own website so in january of 2021 trump is still in office this is his last month this is his last 20 days as president there was 78,000. 414 enforcement encounters with illegal border crossings. The very next month, February of 2021, when Biden takes office, that number jumps seven. Uh, it jumps 33,000 up to 101,099 enforcement encounters. There was a massive, almost like one and a half time jump up because of Biden taking office. Enforcement encounters continued to rise steadily. Up until July of 2021, they then began to, like, kind of taper off and decrease, and then they've basically increased ever since. Uh, it's been a net increase ever since, at least. And this is with Title 42 still in place, like – Yes. Uh, which I'm sh we'll probably yeah, talk we'll, about we'll later. Yeah, we'll get into but. this. So uh, once Biden was in office, enforcement encounters with aliens have boomed, multiplying by more than three times what we saw under the Trump administration. For the fiscal year of 2020 – Trump's administration saw 458,088 enforcement encounters. For the fiscal year 2021, uh, under the Biden administration, 1.734 million enforcement encounters. For 2022, uh, just the fiscal year 2022, which is what we're in now, we're already at 838,685 enforcement encounters. That's only five months worth of data because our fiscal year with the customs and border patrol actually starts in October. So this is October, November, December, January, and February is accounted for as 838,000 people. We're on track to absolutely obliterate last year's numbers. And that's not a good thing at all. Yes. And, uh, well, I mean, like we said, we'll talk about title 42, but especially if title 42 isn't, um, reinstated, right. It's not like, uh, what's it called? Like reapproved or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, those numbers, we might see triple or four times the tw fiscal year 2021 numbers of, like, 
1.734 million. Like we are, like you said, we're at 840,000 roughly enforcement encounters in only five months. Five. So even if it would just it just continued on right now as it is, uh, if you double that, we're already you know we're already over the fiscal year of last year. So it's just yeah. crazy. So what is the Biden administration doing? Uh, how are they handling it? Well, the easy answer, the quick answer, is that they aren't. Actually, uh, a quick little experiment or exercise here. If you Google Biden border, the first thing that you get uh, is obviously news articles that says Biden border crisis, Democrats revolt. How infighting over the border divided the Biden White House. Uh, The Hill says bottleneck, the border problems left behind by Title 42. Um, The Washington Post has an opinion piece that says Biden is turning a border crisis into an outright catastrophe. This is the left's own people. Their own base. Yeah, their own base making these sort of claims. This is what happens if you look up Biden border. They're even admitting that it's his crisis. So uh, this is where we get into uh, what we saw in that news article. They're playing with the idea of uh, rescinding Title 42, which Title 42 – and I've heard a lot of conservatives, and I kind of agree that say they disagree with the way that it's worded uh, and, like, the name that it's given because it makes it seem like it's an actual, uh, like, federal order or whatever. I don't know. But um, anyways, or, like, I don't know. It gives it some sort of, like, super-duper legal standing. I don't right. Know. But uh, Title 42 basically says that we can turn away people uh, because of COVID measures, and it was kind of like a last-ditch effort or not last ditch effort but just an, a, a quick and easy fix uh that the trump administration was able to use in order to patch up the border and it was basically when in the midst of the pandemic when everyone was kind of closing their borders uh, title 42 said we're allowed to turn these illegal immigrants away because of covid restrictions and it's like a part of the cdc if if i remember correctly it's like an actual like it's you know, it's tied in with the CDC somehow because of COVID. Yeah. yeah. Real, real crazy. But, I mean, awesome that they figured that yeah. out, right? It's a it's a good little uh, workaround that they yes. figured out, and uh, I applaud it. But if you'll remember, at the beginning of the Biden presidency, he actually gave the border to Kamala, and she has since made one visit and introduced no policy, uh, enacted nothing, and that's it. That's all she did. We did it, Joe. So who is handling it? Uh, Well, the Texas Tribune uh, has an article where they uh, write at a press conference on Wednesday, which this would be uh, April 6, 2022, Governor Greg Abbott unveiled a stunning plan that sent a shockwave through the immigration rights community. Uh, Texas would place state troopers in riot gear to meet migrants at the border and bust them straight to the steps of the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C., where he said the Biden administration, quote, will be able to more immediately address the needs of the people that they are allowing to come across the border. So this is a massive, uh, massive power move by Greg Abbott. This is a a step in the right direction, I think, for sure, where he's saying, listen, we're having to deal with all of these people come across our border into our neighborhoods and into our property. So we're going to send it to your neighborhoods and your property and see if you want to address it then because in our neighborhoods, you don't care about them. So states have been having to handle this issue uh, by themselves. The federal government, who is actually responsible, solely responsible for protecting the borders of our country, have left the states to fend for themselves. 
Uh, but thankfully, Governor Abbott of Texas has done good, uh, but he has not done great. Um, me and Cameron remember, of course, that he at one point just wrote a letter of strong condemnation, <laughs> which we felt was an absolutely stupid and, like, spineless move. But it but, is what it is. You know, we're gl- I'm glad to see that he's taking, uh, you More know, trying action. Yeah. some action. But, yeah, uh, definitely more needs to be done. And uh, hopefully Carrie Lake is going to become the next governor of Arizona because she is going to be even more hardcore than Abbott. She literally has talked about, like, the specific legal way she's going to implement to be able to just straight up put them back on the planes and send them back to where they came from or just deny them entry altogether into Arizona, which is awesome, right? Like, we have to make it clear. We have to keep the argument um, in – our realm right like these it's not that these people like have documentation or like a reason to be here they just want to be and Mm -hmm. wanting to be somewhere is not an excuse for doing it right like uh can you just go rob a bank because you need money like can you go just you know steal food from a store because you need it right no same the same thing applies to uh the border just because you maybe you want to live in America or you think you deserve to be here does not mean you belong here or you deserve it, right? Uh, we should be helping Americans first and not, not these people that haven't came the legal way. I'm all for legal immigration, right? But there is a point where um, if you're not doing it the right way, you shouldn't be here. A beautiful point there. So uh, there's more to do that the states, uh, I think, should do. Charlie Kirk makes a good point about this where the states should act and defend their own borders with uh, as much might as they can. Kind of like Kerry Lake's yeah. kind of proposed. Yeah. And, and make make the federal government come through and stop you, um, which they probably won't. They're probably a little bit too spineless to do that. But um, another issue that has popped up recently has been Ukrainian immigrants. So this is very recent, obviously, with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And there's a CBS News article that I'll read from here that says, that nearly 10,000 undocumented Ukrainians have been processed by U.S. border officials in the past two months as thousands of refugees displaced by Russia's invasion of Ukraine have traveled to Mexico, hoping to request refuge in the U.S. This is according to internal Department of Homeland Security data obtained by CBS News. Uh, So, yeah, this is DHS data that um, CBS is reporting, nearly 10,000 undocumented Ukrainians. So, uh, we hear the word undocumented a lot. Undocumented basically just means that they don't have the proper documentation that is necessary to gain entry into our country. So they don't have a passport. They don't have a license. They don't have a birth certificate, any of that sort of stuff. That's what undocumented actually means. So what should we do with these Ukrainians? Well, we detain those who enter illegally. Uh, we ensure that they are using legal ports of entry. And when it comes to the Ukrainian immigrants, most of them actually are There's been reports that say a vast majority of them are. Uh, We process their asylum claims. We hold them in detainment centers until their court date. And in that midst of time, we gather evidence, data, and facts that could actually help us make the right decision about whether they can rightfully be granted asylum. And then after a judge decides whether or not they are granted asylum, we keep track of them in our country so that they can be deported back to Ukraine once the tensions have eased. And if they apply for citizenship while they're here, that's fine. But let's send them back to Ukraine until their citizenship is processed and granted, and then they can gain re-entry back into America because there's no reason for them to be here while their citizenship is pending. 
and uh, some other more important steps would be to coordinate with European countries like Germany and France and Poland and make sure that they're taking in a vast majority of those immigrants and try to send as many of the Ukrainians that show up on our doorstep over to those European neighbors uh, as we possibly can so that they can take them in. And some people say, why would you do this? Uh, why do you think that these European countries need to be the ones to help? Well, it's because those European countries are the ones who are more intimately involved. Uh, they have legitimate reason to care for the Ukrainians. Uh, if you look at, um, I'm forgetting the name of the treaty or the pact or whatever that um, Ukraine and Russia had, but the moderators of it was uh, Germany and France. They were the mediators and the moderators of this deal that Russia and Ukraine had. And so now that it has fallen apart, they should be the ones to step up and take action. And if that means taking in Ukrainian immigrants, they should be willing to do that. Uh, the reason being is we have domestic problems of our own. We can see that we already have, in just five months, over 800,000 people showing up at our doorstep that we have to take care of. And so we need to do that uh, and address other domestic issues before we can try to help any other countries. Any words? Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, uh, I understand the, uh, the need, like, you know, the concern of people like, oh, you know, we should help them because their country's so war-torn. Like, yes, I am not like some, I don't think a lot of Republicans are like these soulless people that are yeah. like, nope, don't want to help them, don't care, right? Like, uh, but at the same time, like you said, we need to do it the right way. Like, if you're coming here illegally, um, like in terms of just trying to cross without, you know, like, going through a legal port of entry like you should be kicked out immediately in my opinion um then if they come through the legal ports of entry to try and gain asylum right like kind of like you said you know go through a judge do it the right way um but overall uh that's really it on my part the only other question and i would just uh, say it's rhetorical right think to yourself why did the biden administration why did the mainstream media why did they push so hard for the Afghani refugees, like, oh, my gosh, we have to bring in hundreds of thousands of them. We have to airlift them out of there, right? Why did they push so hard for that? But it, when it comes to Ukrainian refugees, there's no talk on the mainstream media. There's no talk about the Biden administration hardly. Almost as if the people that live in Ukraine have values similar to the West than people that live in Afghanistan that maybe don't have the same values that our nation cherishes so much and is built upon. Just a question to kind of ponder, but definitely a good one. Absolutely. So um, hopefully that all gives you some good insight. Um, this border crisis, uh, catastrophe as it is being called by the Washington Post, op-ed piece, um, is, this is Biden's responsibility. This is made by the Biden administration. Uh, they are, their softened policy uh, has allowed these illegal border crossings and encounters to increase. And it is up to them to step up and actually do something about it because it's not only the right that is seeing a problem with it anymore, it's mainstream media. The Washington Post is writing about it. The Hill is writing about it. There's plenty of people that see that this blood is on the Biden administration's hands and they need to be the ones to step up, but they don't want to. So like Cameron said, that's a very important question to ask yourself. Why is it that they are so soft on people who do not share our values coming into our country? Uh, so... Yeah, we'll leave you with that. Uh, thank you guys for listening. 
And uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, like we said before, please take a moment to be sure that you're following us on all our socials. It's at Deciding Factor, D-S-I-D-I-N-G Factor. Feel free to email us or DM us with any questions or comments that you might have. We legit answer all of them, like especially email. If you email us at DecidingFactor at gmail.com, the same way our at is spelled, we will answer you 100%, like we will. Um, take a moment to hit the plus button and subscribe to this podcast so you can stay up to date with us. Our episodes come out every single Monday and Thursday. And please be sure to share our podcast with your friends if you enjoy it. Um, doing all that is the absolute best way to support us and to make sure that we continue to create content that you guys all enjoy. Um, so, yeah, without uh, further ado, uh, my name is Cameron Hunt. I'm Isaiah Woody. This has been the American Deciding Factor.